Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I love baseball. I see great things in baseball. The Marlins Hot Stove with Kyle Seeloff is on 1230 The Zone and 940 Wins. Miami Sports. All right, January 8th. Happy New Year. Good to be back with you. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Paul Severino in tonight as well. This is the Marlins Hot Stove Show brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Uh, buddy, how you doing? How were your holidays? Uh, was Santa good to you? Oh, fantastic, Kyle. Thanks for uh, asking me out here again. It's just terrific. And, and you're I here, made it. And you're is, here. Which is great. Uh, in the nick of time, you do yeah. this drive every single day, and you went the wrong way tonight. Yeah, I don't yeah. even really know how that happened. I'm, uh, you know, about an hour from now when I head back home, um, I'm going to get home. <laughs> I'm going to try to decompress a little bit, and I'm going to look at a map, and I'm going to figure out just how and why I got a little turned around in a uh, an express lane heading south. Next thing I know, I see um, that uh, Coral Springs mm-hmm. is coming up. And I say, well, that that ain't that ain't <laughs> right. I'm going the wrong way for 15 minutes. So, uh, um, yeah, not off to a terrific start, but here we are. But uh, anyway, hey, plenty to get to tonight. We are chatting with Peter O'Brien shortly. He made an impact for the Marlins as a September call-up last year. Uh, really a great story. UM guy uh, back home in a Marlins uniform. And really, story aside, uh, pending the type of spring he puts together, he may very well play a big part this season at the major league level. Are you guys buddies? I knew Peter. He was there uh, my, my final year, so 2000. Well, so, so you're a bit of a mentor for him, is what you're saying? No, I have never mentored anybody. I will not, uh, and we'll, we'll continue to keep <laughs> it that way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he was there, and uh, really, uh, we'll chat with him about it, but yeah. he came out of the University of Miami. He was a really highly touted prospect in Big the Yankee time. system, yeah. kind of got passed by a little bit. Um, ironically, was traded to Arizona in the deal that sent Martin Prado to New York, and right. obviously those two are back together here now. Um, went to a couple of more organizations, uh, ended up in the Marlins system last July. I guess it was July and kept on hitting home runs. And he got his, he got a shot in September. He really put a nice September together. And, uh, I know Don Mattingly was pretty happy with what they got out of him in September. So uh, that'll certainly be something interesting to keep an eye on this spring. Uh, in addition to that, we've got plenty to talk about, um, really how things are going to shake out this spring. There will be, uh, some roster competition. There will be battles and so obviously some interesting storylines playing out. Since we last joined you uh, before Christmas, uh, there was not much on the JT Real Muto front. It is it is newsworthy. It is one of the most talked about conversations in all of Major League Baseball, and we hit the air tonight, and it's still that way. Yeah. Um, so as it stands right now, JT Real Muto is still in Marlins uniform, and unless somebody ponies up and gives the Marlins what they're looking for. He's going to camp with the Marlins, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I know Don Mattingly was on, uh, he's got the uh, Mattingly Charities thing later on this week. Yeah. Um, that, uh, and he was kind of promoting that on MLB Network earlier this week, and he had mentioned that he's starting to feel pretty good, feel pretty happy that that, that possibility that looked like it was not going to happen, that JT shows up uh, in Jupiter, that, that it may actually happen. I mean, again, I remember we were here, what, that was early November, mid-November yeah. we talked about it. 
And I said you could go one of two ways. You either flip JT Realmuto for, you know, big-time prospects, or you keep the best catcher in the game. I don't think right. there's a way to get this thing wrong. Right. I, I still think, too, that he will probably get dealt at some point. But there are, could be 100 different scenarios that play themselves out. First and foremost, somebody could give the Marlins what they're asking for, and all of a sudden JT Realmuto is in a different uniform. Right. Uh, you've seen it in the past where in spring training somebody gets hurt, a, yeah, a competing sure. team, and all of a sudden says, oh, crap, now we think we're on the doorstep uh, of winning a world championship and we're without a catcher, and all of a sudden you go out and pay the big bucks for a guy like JT and uh, give away some top talent in your system. I think the good thing, though, too, is that the teams that we're hearing are interested are also teams with very strong farm systems. Listen, Craig Mish tweeted today that the Marlins and the Braves have re-entered conversation, right. uh, apparently. Very good farm system. Padres, very good farm system. Yankees, Dodgers, I think very the Braves, people system. might not want to hear this because it's the National League East, and quite frankly, you know, the Marlins see themselves as maybe uh, still a year or two away from competing in the National League East. Um I think Atlanta could be a decent spot for him to end up, and I say that because they have the resources and the tools at the minor league level and the major league level to give the Marlins what they're asking for if they're willing to do it. I agree. I agree, and and especially they've got some terrific pitching as well. Yeah. Now we've heard the name Ozzy Albies be thrown out there that that was kind of one of those major league-ready pieces that the Marlins were hoping for. That's kind of how they want to structure this trade, right, get a major league-ready young piece with a lot of control yeah. contractually. And then also get a, a top tier, top five in an organization type, I guess, uh, prospect. So that's kind of what they're looking for. And again, they've got no reason to come off of that because they yeah. don't have to make the move. They do not have to make the move. He is under team control for a couple of more years. It really, I think what it's going to take is somebody's going to get desperate because they're going to need him. And they're going to say, all right, here you go. I mean, it's a game of chicken, really. Right. That's yeah. what it's going to be. It's it's a it's a game of of chicken. The Marlins do not have to make a move, yeah. So they can they can hold. And they're out. fully content with not making a move. That's exactly that's what I'm saying. They could keep the best catcher in the game. All we've heard since you know we left uh, City Field on September 30th was yeah. like, all right, well, okay, this is this is the elephant in the room. This might be JT Romano's last game as a Marlin, yeah. right? And it was like now everybody that once that starts gaining traction, it was like one of the big headlines and still is, in fact, because yeah. Machado's still out there, Harper's still out there, and and Real Muto hasn't been traded. So those are the three headlines going into the winter, and now here we are early January, and nothing's really changed. Yeah. And it could. It could all change tomorrow morning. We could all wake up tomorrow morning and uh things can get moving and shaking and shuffling. Sometimes it does after the holidays, after the new year, everybody gets back in the offices. And, I'm a uh, great example that things change direction before you even really know yeah, what's happening. Very good. You know, which Nicely is how done. I barely got here in time. Yeah. Uh, well, we haven't been with you for a couple of weeks. Uh, if, if you've missed anything, if uh, you're looking to catch up on anything, marlins.com slash podcasts. You can go to whatever website or however you get your podcast, the iTunes store, any of your supported devices, you can get it all. I'm Kyle Seeloff, Paul Severino with us tonight. Peter O'Brien coming up shortly. You mentioned Harper, Machado, Keuchel. Um well, let's see, Paul. You you've cashed in. Your contract is uh, it's it's in the bag. You're good to go. But yeah, these, yeah. Guys, these guys are ten years, yep, right? Yeah, right. these guys are still free agents. I'm in my prime. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, from me? yeah. Have you started your your? Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Uh, yeah, it's the same one everybody else has, though. You right. Know, lose the weight that you gained by eating pie. I was going to say a lot of guys kind of get back. You know, best some, shape of their life. Some guys kind of get it moving now. Have yeah, yeah. Have you found a I treadmill? Have I you did. Well, you know what I've got? Do we have sponsors on this show? Can I mention a name? 
Yeah, Geico. The, okay, well, that are fine. So the Bowflex Max Trainer. <laughs> I got one of those like a year. Actually, it was before uh, the World Baseball Classic in 2017. And you I got used that, it. Like January. And then it did nothing but collect dust, and it was a wonderful little spot to put things. Yeah. You know, hang yeah. clothes on it or whatever. Been back on that thing. Yesterday, a little cardio, well? cardio during the day, a little weights at night, doing some two-a-days here. I'm trying to get in the best shape of my life for you, Kyle. You'll never catch up with Hollinsworth. No chance. No chance. Guy's a maniac in he the gym. Is, he's running right now. Which we get off. Not on the right. show. We get off a plane at midnight, and oh, Holly, you want to get a bite to eat? No, I'm going to the gym. No, I'm going to the gym. And then you right. get up in the morning, and, and he's, he's, at he's the gym. there. He's at the gym. Yeah, yeah. Sprinting. He does not jog on now, the Now, we do not live far from one another. I'm not going to give you my address. You, particularly, right. Kyle. I'm not yeah. going to give you my address. Yeah. But um, I have I, no interest in seeing we, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. But we, Holly and I do not live far from one another. Yeah. So there are times when I see him. His driving his car or his wife or whatever it might be. I saw him running one day. That dude doesn't take a day off. He beats the wheels off the treadmill. Oh, sprints. My goodness. It's something. They had to retar the road where he was running. <laughs> like, he meant business. This was like October 23rd. Like, this should be, you should be chilling out. You should be relaxing. No dice. Have a cup of ice cream, maybe. What yeah. do you think of that? Ice cream cone for you, pal? No. no. He's out there running. I ate his ice cream for him. Yeah. It's all good. Well, here we are. Well, it's January 8th. Um, you know, everybody enjoys the offseason, uh, but spring training and pitchers and catchers are, what, five weeks away. Yeah. It's crazy how, how quickly it comes back around. Uh, so Harper and Machado are still out there. It sounds like uh, I saw the Phillies were going to go meet with Harper out in Vegas. Machado is really, really uh, linked not directly, but I guess indirectly to the White Sox. They went out and got John Jay yesterday, yeah. who is a close personal friend of Manny. Yonder Alonzo, who right. is his brother-in-law. Right. So they are. What's um, next? Is dentist? Yeah, maybe. You know, that's it. That I think that's interesting, though. You know, for years now, like the White Sox, they've like piled up talent, and people think they're going to put something together, and they don't. But maybe this is it. Maybe if they can entice a Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. Well, that's the thing is that it's a it's a huge market. Yeah. Obviously, Chicago is a top three yeah. market in the country. Right. They've got money to spend. They've got a, an aging owner in Jerry Reinsdorf who knows championships. One right. with the White Sox, but the six with the Bulls. You know, he he knows what winning feels like, tastes like, and uh, and wants more of it. And you know, now is the time. You got these guys. People always think, you know, Boston, Philly, L.A. as like the big markets. And then they think of, at least maybe I think that people think this, of Chicago as like the Cubs. Right. You and know, then, then, the then they're like, there's a negative connotation that surrounds the south side of Chicago. Right. Whether, like, what, rightfully so, whatever. Like, but like, like why wouldn't, I, I get it, where they play U.S. Cellular, if that's what they're calling it nowadays, and, and Wrigley are two different places in terms of history and you know, especially what's going on around the ballpark. Right. But it's still the same media market. Yeah, you're making it's 15, $20 easier. million. Dollars, you can live in a nice part of Chicago. Right. Good it's, city. It's uh, right now. Yeah. It's a more winnable division. I yeah. mean, last year it was the Indians and everybody else. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. I mean, that division, to, we can get into it later. That division seems kind of open to me. That's I mean, what I'm I saying. I know the Indians have taken it, but. The Indians, a they week ago, they're going to send Kluber somewhere. They're going to send Bowers They had somewhere. about wrapped up that division Brantley's in May gone. last year. Like the, yeah, exactly. Oh, like, Keuchel's still out there. Kimbrell, Grandal, Pollock, Adovino, Lowry, Gonzalez, Britton. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of guys. There's a lot. There was a really good article on The Athletic the other day or somewhere that I saw it that uh, like on the influx, there's like 
200 free. There's like just if the market is completely saturated and they're going to do the same thing this spring. Older guys will get weeded out. It's the nature of the beast. But you'll probably find a free agent camp over in Bradenton again where guys are looking for jobs. Uh, going to be interesting. Anyway. We're going to take a quick break. That's because when we come back, he was uh, not just a feel-good story, but he put himself together a heck of a September for the Marlins last season. Peter O'Brien joins us next right here on 940 Wins and 1230 WBZT, The Zone. Welcome back to the Marlins Hot Stove Show tonight, brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Alongside Paul Severino, I'm Kyle Seeloff. Good to have you back after the new year. Hope everybody had a good holiday season. Pitchers and catchers about five weeks away. The position players shortly thereafter. The offseason flies by, and uh, we're looking forward to getting 2019 going, and we are looking forward to chatting right now with Peter O'Brien, who found his way back home after uh, a rather couple of years uh, with the Yankees, some other organizations professionally. He was signed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. By the Marlins last summer, he came back home. He put together a very, very, very nice September uh, for the Marlins. Pete, how you doing, man? Happy holidays. Belated happy holidays to you. How's everybody doing? How's the family? Good, man. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? We doing, are doing uh, great, buddy. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Awesome. How was, uh, how, how was winter ball, Pete? I, I know you were down in the uh, Dominican Republic. How was that? Yeah, it was great. You know, uh, it was my first experience down there. I played winter ball before. I've gone to Mexico twice, so this is my first experience in the Dominican Republic, and I really did love it. It was great competition. Uh, we stayed in Casa de Campo playing with the Toros, and that place is absolutely amazing. So it was it was a great experience. I got a lot of work down there, and, and I felt good about it. Uh, you know, obviously the, the, the hope is the major leagues, right? But it, there's so much work that goes into it prior to it and around it. The first time I saw you play in person, uh, I was working at MLB Network calling games uh, in the Arizona Fall League, and the same, and nothing's changed, honestly. I see you for batting practice, and it's just moonshot after moonshot. But how did the Arizona Fall League, when you were a younger player, compare to Dominican Winter League now that you're a bit of an, not an older player, but just older than you were a few years ago? You know, the... Dominican Republic and the Fall League are, are both great leagues. Uh, the Dominican Republic was more, I feel it was a little bit easier for me. I think the biggest thing the Fall League did for me is it really helped me establish a routine uh, around that big league environment. Uh, there's a lot of guys who play there who are top prospects or even guys with some big league time. So I'm, I'm a big learner. I just like to watch, you know, the guys that some have some experience or even the guys that don't just to see how they go about their business. And that's the biggest thing the Fall League uh, taught me was that routine and that preparation kind of around that big league environment. P- 
Peter O'Brien with us on the Marlins Hot Stove Show tonight. Hey, what have you most learned about yourself personally throughout your professional career, going from a highly touted prospect in the Yankee system? Uh, you bounced around to a couple of more organizations, but you ultimately ended up last season uh, back in your hometown with the Marlins. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I love being here. It's a dream come true being you know, born in Hialeah, playing for the University of Miami. I played for Bethune-Cookman a little bit. That was a small D1 up in Daytona Beach. And, uh, you know, being back down in Miami playing with the Marlins really is a dream come true. The, the biggest thing I've learned over my career is probably just being patient and focusing on the little things and, you know, just taking day by day. Baseball's a game where it has so many ups and downs. And if you can train yourself to feel the same way every day and, and honestly for me just do the same thing every day to get ready for the game that's that's my key is is to be ready and just to treat every pitch like it's it's the most important pitch there is just a high level of focus and high level of readiness just sharpening everything up and that, that's the biggest thing I've learned since my my start in pro ball was it surreal is it still surreal that you have an opportunity to put on a Miami Marlins uniform it is awesome. You know, I've, I've been, I've been ready for this moment my whole life. And, you know, that it's now that it's finally here, I'm just excited for the opportunity to be able to compete in a Marlins uniform, uh, number one for a job in spring training and, 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 you know, number two in, in, in the regular season, just go out there and do my best I can every day to help the team win and stay sharp and ready wherever I'm needed. Uh, to, to go back, I like now anybody that, that maybe doesn't know from, from back in the day, I mean, you were a catcher, back with uh, in the Yankee system and part of that, you know, terrific lineage uh, of, of different catchers. I think it was Jesus Montero and Gary Sanchez and yourself were all kind of in that same uh, conversation back in the day. How did that go when whoever it was, just kind of walk us through that whole story, said, you know what, maybe catching is not where you're going to end up to get to the major leagues. Maybe it's outfield or infield, or but it ain't going to be behind the plate. How did that go? How did you take it? I actually started catching full-time in college, caught a little bit in high school. But college was really my first stint at catching full-time. So going into pro ball, being drafted as a catcher, I was catching every day, and, and I loved it. I really do. You know, there's there's a, there's an aspect of being back there to where it's it's a different kind of mentality. You're you're a little more involved. You have a, Your focus is on different things as, you know, getting that pitcher, the starting pitcher through seven, and then worrying about the bullpen guys. And, you know, offense really comes second when you're a catcher. you got nine other hitters, guys that are coming off the bench to focus on your guys. And then, you know, lastly, you got to worry about your at-bats and who you're going to face that night. So, you know, I, I really do love catching. It's it's a, it, it's that competitiveness in me. It's that leader in me to where it loves being back there. So, you know, not being back there full-time every day has been it, – it's been a little bit of a, of a breather, I'd say, you know, physically and mentally to be able to focus on other things, especially the offense. And, you know, like I said, though, I, it's still a tool that I have, and I'm, I'm ready to go, to go back there if I'm needed. Do you still own any gear? I do. I do. I have, I have <laughs> nice. a lot of gear sitting in the garage. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, but, you know, getting to the ballpark early this year, would we see you out there working with Perry Hill, who's now a, a coach on the Mariners staff right now? But you, you were putting in a lot of work over at first base. Um, you know, certainly your calling card has been the offense, the, 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 the bat for you. Um, but in terms of the defense and – I guess learning a new position just in terms of at the major league level. How did that go, both coming over to the Marlins system, kind of learning how things were then, and what sort of work did you put into playing first base uh, in the winter league? 
It, it was great. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm ready to play wherever. And it was nice to be able for really for the first time in my career, other than early on, is just focus on one position. So I was really able to hone in with, uh, you know, with a bone and, and just work on my footwork at first and, you know, different plays, squeezes and bump plays. And, and it was really nice to be able to learn that and do that at the major league level. We were, like you said, we were out there every day. We were working on footwork stuff on, on just taking ground balls and getting more comfortable. And I, I really did feel a lot more comfortable there, uh, you know, up in September playing every day and then going to winter ball. I think that's when it really took off a little bit. That was one of my main focuses in going down there was getting as much work as I, as I can at first base and, you know, really focusing every pitch and 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 I, I feel great at first base still taking ground balls there and it's coming along really nicely you know when I was calling games during the uh, year with Todd Hollinsworth every once in a while every couple of months it would come up like I played first base in high school don't be too impressed with that <laughs> but um and I had I had one home run that may or may not have gone over the fence we still don't know and I made an error at first base the next inning we got to get some video on that uh, no we do not I don't know if St. Paul Catholic High School in Bristol Connecticut still has that but we'll check the cloud uh we'll check the cloud okay. for that but um but, but I so I always kind of like took offense to those who say Oh well, you know this this particular player, whoever it is. Well, he's not athletic, but we need his, his bat in the lineup. Just stick him over at first base. Now that you've done work there, and no, I'm listening to you talk about footwork and bunt plays and squeeze. It's more than just like lumbering over to the bag and catching the throw that's chest high from the shortstop and getting the guy at first base by six feet, right? Yeah, you know, I'm I, I've always I, I do have the the benefit of being you know, versatile enough to where I can play anywhere on the field, catch, first, third, right, left. So I, I pride myself myself on staying athletic and staying ready. So even though I am playing first base, I still try to, you know, maintain myself to the best ability I can physically. And, you know, I, I pride myself on those things. So I, I think being athletic and, and playing first base still, still has a benefit to where, you know, you're going to be able to move around a little better and make some nice plays. Peter O'Brien with us on the Marlins Hot Stove Show. Uh, Pete, take me through this upcoming spring training in regards to the following. And I'm wondering, there are a lot of guys in Major League Baseball that know they've got a job. They're making 15, 20 million bucks, and they can try new things out over the course of the next month and a half in spring training. Um, but there are a lot of guys, too, and all you can ever ask for is a shot. And you're going to have an opportunity to compete to be on the 25-man roster when you guys break camp uh, right towards the back end of March. But how stressful is spring training when you don't have an opportunity to really just kind of work on things, but you're going to be out there battling your butt off on a daily basis to try to make this team? I mean, it's, it's a much different situation for many in that regard. Yeah, no, and I, and I think you said it right there, is just being ready to compete for the opportunity, and that's what I pride myself on, and that's what this whole offseason, including going and playing winter ball in the Dominican Republic, is, is getting me ready for, is getting ready to show up the first day of spring and compete and be ready to, to be the starting first baseman on, a, on, on my hometown team. You know, the, the biggest thing with that is me going into spring training, and, and like you said, people know I have power, people know I can swing it, and, uh, you know, people know I can play first base, the ones that I've seen me. So my, my biggest thing is to walk into spring training on the first day, go about my business, go about my routine, uh, j- just like I'm in the big leagues, and, and just go out there and, and be consistent and show that I can have consistent at-bats and play consistent defense over the course of 162 games and then hopefully the playoffs. Can you confirm one thing for me, that Hunter Pence is certifiably nuts? 
guy. He was on great your team guy. in the Dominican Winter League, for those that don't know. But I saw a lot of social media. He's back to his old tricks. He's screaming yeah. and yelling and pep talks and all kinds of stuff. He's a great guy, man. He was a lot of fun to be around. And like I said, whenever I get around guys like that, and, and anyone for that matter, I always trying to learn something and big visual guy. So I just kind of watched him go about his business and got the opportunity to talk to him a lot. And like I said, he's a great guy. He brings a lot of intensity to the ball club. He's a leader. And it, he was a lot of fun to be around. You know, he was a big part in us making, clinching the playoffs down there. And, and, and I really did learn a lot from him. On that lighter note, Pete, what was going through? Take us inside the head of Peter O'Brien in September. David Wright's final at bat. He <laughs> pops up in foul territory, and all of a sudden, all of Queens is booing you to the high heavens because that's how his career ended, and that's not how they wanted it to see end. And in the ensuing days, every time you stepped into the box, you got booed. I mean, did you get a good laugh out of this, or at the moment were you like, "What the uh, heck are they booing me for?" Man, to be completely honest, I I loved it. I <laughs> so ready to play the Mets. I can't wait for it. <laughs> But uh, hopefully they still remember. But They won't forget. You know, was, uh, <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> it was uh, – no, I, I knew it was his last game. I knew that I hadn't played in a while. And, you know, I got to talk to him a little bit, his first at-bat when he, when he came to first base. That's and, right. Uh, you know, that second at-bat, I didn't know it was going to be his last at-bat. So mm-hmm. he fouled out, and I'm chasing the ball just like I would any other, any other foul ball. And <laughs> it was a little bit of a tougher play in foul territory, caught it, and immediately heard the booze and I didn't really know what it was at first and then I kind of caught on to it and and when I went up to hit my next at bat I mean that was probably one of my most locked in at bats of the year it fuels you doesn't it flying out to left center but yeah no it really does uh you know I heard a quote one time and there's nothing worse than getting booed at home but there's nothing better than getting booed on the road and, and that was definitely true to that moment and they say they don't boo nobody's so you are forever <laughs> whether hey, you, you like it or not you said it not me yeah you not you're me. forever ingrained into the mets and city field and uh, mets franchise history and uh, you will you will don't worry they have not forgotten and i think we all anxiously await our first trip to city field this year and you stepping into the box I love it. I'm with you. <laughs> As that ball. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I was falling from the sky into your glove. I said, there's Peter O'Brien in foul territory. He is public enemy number one. <laughs> and then boom, you caught it. And then it was, a, it's just, and it went on for like two, uh, a day and a half. It was unbelievable. Yeah. But, when, you, when you're on the field in moments like that, I mean, you're certainly a, a baseball fan, but when you're, you, know, you still have to focus on each pitch and, and walk through everything that can happen, all the different combinations and permutations. When there are big moments that that little fan in you is still like, whoa, I can't believe I'm part of this. How do you handle that? You know, honestly, it's just you, you do it for so long. Uh, you know, you just get just used to the, the routine and the, and the preparation of every pitch. So you just try to make everything as natural as, as possible. And, you know, p- people were saying, Hey, you know, did you ever think about dropping that bar or nothing? And, and to be <laughs> honest, I had, 
you know, I, I knew who was up, but the, the thought never crossed my mind to drop the ball. It almost did fall. It was my first <laughs> time playing in City Field, going for a foul ball in foul territory. And, and it was, I, I like, I don't know if you saw a video, I did like a little hop jump. I'm thinking I'm right next to the fence. And I looked down and I still got five more feet. So <laughs> I, it, it was almost dropped, but not on purpose. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, I actually got a funny story about it. If you guys still have time, we have we have all the time. In you're, the world. In Go you you are you are in charge. You are in charge. They're not tuning in for us. Come on. <laughs> all right. So uh, after the game, I get back to my locker, and and there's a ball sitting on my chair, and it says, uh, "Ha ha, you should have let it fall," and it's signed David Wright. Come on. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm I, you know the fan inside of me is like looked up to him. I played him all my life, or, or watched him play all my life, and. And I'm thinking, man, this is pretty cool. So I asked some of the guys around me. It didn't really look like his signature, so I, I automatically thought it was a joke. Asked the guys, and it's no one. And it ends up being, right as I'm about to leave the field, it's, it's one of the clubbies who did it. And he thought it was pretty funny. And I said, man, it would be pretty cool if, if I actually get him to, to sign that ball that, that you wrote on. And, you know, it's kind of a little thought. And I come to the field the next day, and it's about, like, the sixth inning. And I'm like, hey, should I do this? Talk to Jay Bruce. He's like, I'll oh, do it, man. He's a great guy. So I run in, get the ball, give it to one of the clubbies. He takes it over. And I get back to my uh, my chair after the game, and there's a ball that says, ha-ha, no, really. Uh, you should have let it drop. <laughs> that's <David> awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I have that now, and that's that's one of those things you remember forever. So it definitely was a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's uh, I guess it's cool, too. It doesn't matter who you're playing for to be a part of baseball history. I mean, that guy is a living legend in New York, and – you know, he's done with the game, but it doesn't matter what uniform you're in or what side of the field you're on and what dugout you're in to be a part of history. That's pretty darn cool. Thank you. That was It was an awful lot of fun. So now these last, uh, what do we got, five weeks or so, what what are you doing? How are you training, resting, are you heading up to Jupiter? What, what do these next five weeks entail? You know, I'm pretty much full go right now. Ever since I got back to the Dominican, I took a little week off and then kind of got back on it. I'm lifting three times a week at the complex, doing yoga, you know, hitting every day, taking my ground balls every day. Uh, the diet's on point. So I, I feel good. I'm, I'm just doing everything I can to make sure I'm ready for spring and go out there and compete. And diet, training, yoga. You, you know nothing you, about that. I know nothing. Yeah. Can you just email me what you do every day? <laughs> just so I can be in the best shape. That hashtag best shape of my life by the time we get to <laughs> That's all I want. I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm a big eater. People get surprised by it, but I'm, I'm 5,000, 5,500 calories a day. Excuse me? Uh, I, yeah, his are yeah, good calories, though, Kyle. They're not like my calories. calories a day. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm waking up in the morning. I'm up at 5.30 every day, coffee, breakfast, pre-workout on my way to the gym, workout at 8, done around 9.30, protein shake on the way out of there, come home, eat, uh, have about an hour to hang out, then I'll go and hit. When I'm done with that, I'll do some yoga, do some rehab stuff, couple meals in between there, and come home, dinner, protein shake, and in bed by 10 or 11, and up the next day. Okay. Okay. <laughs> on, on that note, <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, hey, I got some rapid fire for you on the way out the door, but before we do that, I got two more for you. The first one, it's a dream come true to play in Miami for your hometown, for the Marlins. H- has it been hard? Was it ever hard? Maybe it wasn't at all. Not to just... Try to put too much pressure on yourself, just being home in front of friends and family and wanting to do so darn well. You know, I think for me it was more of just a relaxing moment to where being home is comfortable. Um, you know, it brought back a lot of memories of playing the UM, just 
having right. a lot of family at the games and having a lot of friends at the game. So I definitely had a lot of support uh, getting called up in September. Uh, great group of coaches, great group of guys. I just, I was really motivated to work. And like I always am, I just pretty much embraced the moment and uh, I was ready for it. I had had a good off season last year, uh, had a good season going into it. I was working on a lot of things. I had a lot of confidence. So, you know, once I got up to Miami, it was just kind of keep going about my routine and go out there and compete. And it ended up, you know, like you said, I had a had a good September, very respectable September, and I'm looking to continue building on that and and take that into next next year, this year. And I know this comes very natural to you. You come from a Cuban a Hispanic family, Peter, but you are bilingual and you have an opportunity to relate with every single player in the clubhouse. How much? I guess pride's not the right word, but I guess how much pride do you take in that? And just being able to. Talk with everybody. I mean, some people take that for granted. And being in Miami, there are plenty of people that are bilingual. But you have an opportunity uh, to get to know every single one of your teammates, and you are very fluent in both languages. It's really, uh, really impressive. Thank you. No, I, I love it. You know, it's it's been something, as I've gotten older, I've really learned to appreciate more. Yeah. Uh, my mom's Cuban, dad's American, so my first language was Spanish. And I know to a lot of people that comes as a surprise, even – you know, when they first meet me, the name's Peter O'Brien, and I start spitting out Spanish. Most people I talk to, they still answer me in English because they're like, oh, there's no chance this guy speaks Spanish. So it takes like two or three more sentences to be like, oh, man, you, you speak Spanish. <laughs> but, you know, once uh, once we get over that, it, it is awesome, you know, because like you said, I'm, I'm able to relate to both sides. Right. I got, you know, I was brought up by the Latin culture and the American culture. So, you know, there's a lot of experience there and, and where guys come from and and what guys do to get here and kind of the mentality behind, you know, the different cultures. So I, I do love it. I, I see it as a gel between both sides and I, I love it. All right. You ready for rapid fire? You've been very gracious with your time. I got 10 for you. Let's do it. Best piece of advice you've ever received. Ryan Howard in the fall league said, this is my big leagues. No matter what level you're at, this is my big leagues. Wow. That's impressive. Favorite movie. That's a tough one, man. I'm the kind of guy where it's just the last movie I saw was my favorite one because I don't really remember anything before that. Uh, remember the Titans is on right now in my living room, so let's go with that one. <laughs> Terrific. Favorite TV show? <laughs> was it the last one, too? Uh, let's go Sons of Anarchy. Biggest pet peeve? I can't, I'm not a food mixer. So like if I'm having breakfast, it's got to be eggs, bacon, okay. hash browns. I can't be having like a hamburger for breakfast. Okay, perfect. Uh, past or present, one person you'd like to sit down and have dinner with? Barry Bonds. Favorite type of music? This is a tough one for me. Rap, hip hop. Reggae, country, I'm, I'm into everything, man. I'm, I'm a tough one. Okay. We got four more for you. Who would you want to play? Who would you want to play you in a movie of your life? Let's go. I know this is rapid fire, and I'm not really rapid with this. Uh, <laughs> let's go Jim Carrey, maybe? Okay, that's a that's a good one. See, I, I want to follow up with all these, but we're doing I rapid know, fire, I so I can't do it. Uh, your your favorite <laughs> your your favorite uh, home cooked meal that your mom makes? White white rice, ground beef, and olives. Arroz con picadillo 
and bananas. Simple, easy to make, and it's, it's good for you. All right. What's atop your bucket list of things to do? Something you want to do you haven't done? I actually would really like to go to Ireland. That fits your last name, O'Brien. That's, that fits nicely. Uh, last one for you, Pete. You'd be doing what if you weren't playing baseball? So I actually went to school for economics, minor in marketing, something in the business world. My dad's worked for a business for 30 years. So I see myself running a business, you know, something along those lines. Peter O'Brien, my man, you've been gracious with your time. We appreciate your time, and uh, we can't wait to see you in Jupiter, man. It was a lot of fun to see you in September. You did a really nice job, and uh, can't wait to watch you fight for a roster spot here in a couple of months. And uh, we'll see you actually in a couple weeks, too, at the at the the, uh, the Fan Fest, the winter warm-up for the Marlins. That'll be a lot of fun. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it, and see you guys this spring. You should have dropped that one, Peter. <laughs> hey, young up we got. Yeah, Peter O'Brien <laughs> with us on the Marlin Tot Stove Show tonight. That's Paul Severino. I'm Kyle Seeloff. We'll take a quick break. Come back with some Marlins chat. Let's see what's going on next on 940 Wins and 1230 WBZT, The Zone. Welcome back to the Marlin Tot Stove Show tonight, brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Joining us tonight, Paul Severino, Fox Sports Florida. He got here just in time, started going the wrong way, and, uh, well, he showed up right before the show started, so we're off to a terrific new year. Thank you Four to Peter. Four minutes to spare. Yep. Come on. That was a, I jokingly texted you and said, just try not to be late. That you, you absolutely did. And then you called and me I and thought, said. As soon as I read that, I thought to myself, he just put the hex on me. I don't know how, but I'm going to get lost. That's I mean, my nightmare, though. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny, but you have two directions you can go. You either literally go north or south. And, and you... then I, lo- I end up going northwest. I mean. Dude, I have no idea. All right, we need to continue. We I have 18 minutes, and we need we have things we need to get to. Uh, so, But thank you to Peter O'Brien. That that was fun. How about the David Wright story? That was incredible. Fantastic. That's awesome. He's he is such an easy guy to root for. I'm going to be rooting so hard for him in spring training. He's just he's a fun guy to root for. Uh, if you've never, well, if you've never seen him take batting practice, I would strongly encourage it. And you have an opportunity to get really right. close to these guys during spring training. Yes, go. It, the sound off his bat is like something I've never heard. It went to places that I mean, guys that were we we all know that Marlins Park plays big, right? That's no surprise. The ball disappeared. But the ball disappears like in center field above the batter's eye towards yeah. if you've been there or kind of know the layout of the ballpark where the Fox Sports Florida pre and post game set is. Yeah. It disappeared in there. Yeah. I mean, it's it it's unbelievable. The guys the around the cage who do this for a living were in awe. Yeah. And and what yes, we saw Yes, yes. When your teammates like Right, Take a second. other major leaguers. Yeah. This isn't like you or me, a couple of dopes. Like, yeah. whoa, he hit the ball. Very hard. true. Right. These are like real athletes. <laughs> These are like real people. Um, let's get to a little Marlins news. Um, there, there wasn't much over the holidays, uh, and actually, Andre Fernandez of the Athletic. I don't know if you subscribe. If you do, everybody should. It's really good. There's some really, really good stuff on there. Really MLB wide, any sport, but uh, it's good stuff. And he actually posted a uh, thing: ten questions facing the Marlins this season coming. Um, and really kind of what the future holds for some guys. I thought one of the interesting questions was, will the Marlins sign any free agents to help their lineup? There was one small move uh, over the break. Rosell Herrera, the Marlins claimed him off of waivers from the Royals. He appeared in 86 games last season with the Reds and the Royals. He can play everywhere in the outfield as well as on the infield. Um, 
he, he's a speedy guy, kind of a reserve bench guy. He hit 230, he slashed 234, 286, 317, 14 doubles, three triples, uh, 20 runs batted in last season in 2018. Um, will they sign any more free agents? I don't know if they do it, it would seem maybe on the pitching front. Uh, they, they got Pedro Alvarez is intriguing. There's already going to be a battle at first. I mean, he can play all over. They, I will say this. You can take it from here. They've got a lot of guys that are just versatile everywhere, whether it's Brian Anderson who can play the outfield or the infield. Peter O'Brien can play first base. He can play the outfield. Garrett Cooper can play first base. He can play the outfield. Pedro Alvarez can play the corner spots. Miguel Rojas? Yeah, that, that's, 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 that's another question, place. though. I think shortstop's interesting. But So are they going to sign any more free agents? I guess back to the original question is I think if you can improve the ball club within what you're – looking to do the Marlins are not going to go give somebody 25 million dollars right but working working within the parameters of your visions and what you're trying to build I think if they find the right fit um yes it would seem to me that maybe that would come more in the in the way of an arm whether it's the bullpen that ranked dead last in baseball last season with a 534 ERA they've got some internal candidates there now but uh what do you think? I, I think it could go either way. I think it's it's one of those situations where I remember the last time, mid-November, that I was here, and you, you kind of asked me a similar thing, kind of laying out the offseason, and I said I, I would love to see, just as a Marlins fan, I would love to see them kind of get a number of guys. I'm not saying fill out the roster with 25 of them, but get a few guys that are a little bit like that Cameron Maben type was last year, right? That veteran leader who can – show a very young roster kind of exactly what Peter O'Brien was talking about. Right. You know, everybody talks about how important a routine is. Sure. Right? As a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Um, so sh- get some guys that can kind of show the youngsters what works. Right. And then if you sign these guys to one-year deals, by the July 31st trade deadline, if the Marlins aren't in it, they could move those guys to teams that are desperate for right. whatever right. player that is. And then you turn that one mm-hmm. veteran at, let's just say, round numbers, $5 million. You you paid him half, again, round numbers, and you flip him for a younger player or two younger right. players. Right. And, and that's how you can maybe help to Look, and them. if we had two more hours, we could do the following, but there sure. will legitimately be – 150 to probably 175 to 200 available free agents. Yeah. There was an article about it. If I find it, I'll tweet it out because it was really fascinating to look at how, whether or not it's bad for baseball, but there are hundreds of available potential major league talented type guys. There are 30 teams. There are 25 spots on each team. So there will be an opportunity for the Marlins potentially out there if they see that the, um, if, you know, if there is a need and it's the right fit, you bring somebody in, bring well, some veteran guys in. And and it's a situation where, listen, we know that the Marlins right now, their payroll is not going to be that of the Yankees, of the Dodgers, right. of the Red Sox. It's not going to be that big. And nor should it be that. Nor not, should it be. Right. Absolutely. I'm not saying that it should be. Right. But I guess my point is, if the guys who, let's just say, were going to be in the really deep water, the really rich water, if those guys start to filter back mm-hmm. to your kind of, it's it's the same thing, like, again, taking the Marlins out of it for the Yankees right now. Yeah. If the Yankees, because what we're hearing with them and Manny Machado and everything else, they don't really want to go north of $200 million. Right. Well, if he doesn't, let's just say, doesn't like Philadelphia, he doesn't like Chicago, he doesn't like whatever other mystery teams might be out there, he really wants to be with the Yankees, well, then maybe it, gets into their 
their realm again. So that it the same thing can be said on a much different scale, I know, but for the Marlins. And just the same way that we started the show talking about, well, you know, teams with catching needs may not reveal themselves until spring when a player or two gets hurt, and maybe that's if JT Real Muto doesn't finish the whole season uh, with the Marlins, maybe that's when a move gets made, when somebody gets hurt. Same thing can happen with the Marlins. We all know that. No team's ever gone a whole year with 25 players. Right. It happens. Right. So you, know, you never know. You know what was interesting? There, there's one thing that I think there's a common theme that you keep hearing. is like, well, the Marlins don't have any power. Who's going to hit the home runs? Now, a portion of the article, if, if Real Muto is traded, the Marlins would enter this season without their top three home run hitters from last season. Uh, Justin Bohr was traded. Derek Dietrich was designated for assignment. Um, I don't necessarily worry about that. I worry about guys staying healthy, like a Garrett Cooper, but sure. he's a guy that could provide power. Yes. If Peter O'Brien is on the team. He can provide the power. Mm-hmm. Pedro Alvarez, who has shown that he has power at right. the major league level. JT Riddle's got a little pop. Brian Anderson, Lewis Brinson. I don't necessarily, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I, right. I don't worry about that in that regard. Especially but, because it's not a team. And and listen, they didn't score a lot of runs. They didn't win a lot of games last year. We know that. Everybody right. knows that. I'm not breaking any news. Right. But what you saw in parts was a team, or at least they wanted to try to build a team that could create runs. It didn't always happen. We right. know that. But yeah. when you have teams that live and yeah. die by the three-run homer, then that's when teams really that's go today's into game too. Exactly. Take the Yankees. So you've got yeah. So if you can fill out a roster with guys that can get on base, that can hit, that can hit and run, that have a little bit of speed, now you have a little bit of a different dynamic and, than maybe the rest of baseball. Has. Sorry to interrupt, but regardless if the Marlins are going to compete in the National League East in a Major League Baseball this season as, as a playoff contender, being realistic, they have that. I'm telling you, if guys can stay healthy, and I know every team says that every spring, but even if guys don't necessarily stay healthy but they avoid the big injury and guys see 15 days, 10 days here and there, Brian Anderson provides power, but he can also get on base. He can put one in the gap. I'm telling you, JT Riddle can hit, right? I, if Lewis Brinson can get it going a little bit. I just, I think they have a lot of, and I think it's exactly what Gary Dembo and his team are trying to build, versatile athletic ball players where they are not one-dimensional, where they're not going to win five to four tonight because two guys hit two home runs of the three-run and two-run variety. Right. I, that's coming. That's coming, and they have power, but I think they can, I think they can hit for average too. Absolutely. Well, we'll see. Absolutely. We'll see. We're going to take one final break. When we come back, uh, What's the situation going to look like at third base this season? It is a really interesting question. We will dive into that next when we return on the Marlins Hot Stove Show right here on 940 Wins and 1230 WBZT, The Zone. Miguel Rojas' song. Welcome back to the Marlins Hot Stove Show tonight, brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Alongside Paul Severino, I'm Kyle Seeloff with you for the next five minutes. And before we wrap things up tonight, uh, thank you to Peter O'Brien. Uh, that was a fun, that was a fantastic conversation. Great story. So uh, looking forward to seeing him up in Jupiter. All right, back to our conversation here, pal. Uh, I want to close out the next five minutes with the left side of the infield. We'll start with third base. It's intriguing because what do they do with Brian Anderson if you have a healthy Martin Prado? If you have a healthy Martin Prado, why wouldn't he play third base? Right, I mean, we saw it again. It was only a snippet because he got hurt. He came back. He got hurt again, and then it, the kind of the season sort of ended. But 
I would think that it makes your team a little bit better, right? Another veteran presence. I think it makes you better quality. in the short term, but my question is long term. What is the projection projection there? I haven't had an opportunity to really chat with Michael Hill about that. Right. But if you really profile a kid as a third baseman in Major BA, League Baseball, you're talking about Anderson. Yeah. 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 Okay. Go ahead. You get the sense that he would have to play there, but then what do you do with Prado? You're not going to put Prado in the outfield. That's how he got hurt years ago in the right. baseball club. So I I just think it's an interesting conversation where I I guess this would all be solved if we had an opportunity to chat with Michael, and we will at some point. I'm I'm curious to ask him where do you project brian anderson long term and if he is your third baseman what do you do with him out of the gates if you have a healthy martin prado well i think one thing we first we talked a lot about during the games last year was the way that the game is going right now we're talking about it five minutes ago versatility yeah and if you know what todd hollandsworth mentioned the name chris bryant yeah that's very true that's a that's a guy who bounces around from a couple of different positions yeah now is that how it's going to go? I don't know, but it's nice to have those options. There was one game, I think, was it in San Francisco? An extra inning game in San Francisco last year where everybody played a second position. Or really? or nobody, yeah, Marlins game. And nobody, nobody that started the game finished the game in their same position. So there was double switches, there were defensive changes, there was all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. So to have that roster, which is built with 25 guys, or what is it, 12 or 13 position players, if you could make it feel like those 12 or 13 position players are 14 to 15 position players, I don't think that you shy away from that. I think the days of a 1 through 8 or a 1 through 9 in the American League being the same every single day, except for the Sunday day game after a night game when there's a new catcher, yeah, those days are long gone. I mean, it's everyday matchups. It's all sorts of stuff with positions, all that stuff tied together. That's why we see so many different lineups. We've got a minute right now. I guess we got another month to discuss it. Shortstop, Rojas or Riddle? If they're both healthy, is Riddle your starting shortstop and is Miggy a utility guy for you? Who is much more versatile than JT? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question that I don't have the answer to. So Why? you can cue the cop-out music right here. But, like, you know, I think it's just one of those things um, that it you can have a plan, but it's going to play itself out one way or the other. One of the two guys may have a better spring than the other, which makes the other player more of a yeah. utility player. Things one tend player. to work themselves out, but the good right. thing about this conversation is that it, the reason we're having the conversation is because there's depth there's and options. there are guys that can play that position at a right. major league level. Exactly. It's interesting. It's um, it's going to be interesting, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Did you have fun? I we had have, a blast. We have 40 seconds. Once I finally got here, I yeah. had a blast. I'm, Be safe going home. I'm still trying to figure out how I got flipped upside down. Yeah. But, go north. Go, go north. north. And good I luck. I started going south, Kyle. Yeah. You're not understanding. I started right. going south, and then it looked like traffic, so I said, you know what? Express lane. Next thing I know, I'm halfway to Georgia. It didn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah, no, it's it's not good. Um, Do you have interest in doing this one final time before spring training? It's if been it's pulling, here, it's pulling teeth to get you in here. But, uh, okay, that's it. We're done. Thanks, pal. I'll do it. Peter O'Brien, thank you if, you, if you're still listening. That was fun. <laughs> Good conversation. Uh, that's Paul Severino, Chris Holly behind the glass tonight. I'm Kyle Seeloff. We'll see you next Tuesday. This has been the Marlins Hot Stove Show on 940 Wins and 1230 WBZT The Zone. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.